0: Welcome everybody to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership Team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director
1: of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow.
0: Welcome back everybody to the Limitless Leadership Podcast and I'm sitting here with Tim Alford, And uh, Charlie and Dan Blythe from Hillsong, London. Now, if you want to know more about them, I'm going to suggest that you listen to the podcast the episode before this, because they were with us last month, which was a great uh, episode. Um, And they talk a little bit in the intro about uh, themselves a little bit and and their history and experience within youth work. So, um, yeah, Uh, it was great to have you guys back. And this month, we're talking about relationships uh, with young people. So just right off the bat, we're coming in hot. How do we even begin to start to pastor these young people in this crazy minefield of relationships, their relationships?
2: Yeah, right. Uh, I think for starters, like, you just can't see young people as a crowd. you got to see them as individuals. And you got to understand that. Um helping a young person in their relationships is completely different uh, for someone else. like it depends their background can have a lot to do with it. Um, you know uh, whether they're Christian or not has a lot to do with it. How far in their Christian walk they are has a lot to do with it. What they've been exposed to has a lot to do with it. So just seeing them all as individuals, have building that relationship with them so you can work out where they're at, then you can help them with their next step. So if you're not willing to invest in time, a relationship with that person, you're ultimately you're not going to help them because a few keys and a few thoughts without the relationship there, you won't actually know what they're going through. Therefore, you won't actually be able to give them maybe the wisdom and the guidance that they need.
3: Yeah, That's good. Go um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I just would echo everything that you've just said there. I That's a good answer. <laughs> I concur.
0: <laughs> nice, yep, I concur as well. Tim, do you concur? I do concur. <laughs> nice, we're just concurring around here. Um, and I like what you said. It's not about the crowd, it's it's individuals. So when you're talking to individuals, um, some of them can be coming from Christian backgrounds, they can have Christian parents, some of them could, you know, their value systems are completely different whether they're coming from Christian uh, households or not. Um, what are some of the things that you would say we should be talking to them about, and what are the things that you would say are off-limits um, in the relationship? And if you wanna kinda get into, you know, with a guy uh, speaking to a, a young female, and obviously that's not something we, we would suggest, but sometimes within the crowd, uh, Dan and Charlie, you might find yourself, somebody just go up to you that you have a relationship with and just starts asking. It's not like you're gonna know, like close your eyes and just run away, you know, screaming, putting your fingers in your ears, but, yeah, what are the, some of the stuff you, we would talk about and what are the, some of the stuff that's off limits? Yeah, um,
2: I, I just think this is always um, changing as well, like how we do youth work and especially like with um, with the phones and social media, like what's legal, what's not legal. And a lot of young people like to communicate through phones or through texts. And it's amazing. I can call them and they won't pick up, but they'll text me. And, you know, they're they're happy to have conversations through text. And so um, it's not just what you talk about. It's also the platforms on which we speak as well and what that looks like. So I think actually if we're going to be the leaders of tomorrow as well as today, we need to start be thinking about how we communicate as well as what we communicate about. Because otherwise the whole communication platform will be dictated by them. So, because they want to communicate via text and they want to communicate hidden behind this stuff. Uh, but even in John, you know, John says, this is happening, that's happening, but I'm going to wait to tell you this uh, face-to-face because this needs a face-to-face conversation. And there's a lot of stuff which needs to be a face-to-face and it needs to have a certain uh, environment to, to communicate. So I think it's not just what we're talking about, but it's where we're talking about it and how we're talking about it.
1: Yeah, I th- the thing I think, what you're talking about there, like what, what we talk about... Ha- how we talk about what platform we use and where we talk about it can we pause on that and just go a bit deeper because I think that's going to be really helpful if we need to every youth worker knows we need to be talking frankly openly candidly with our young people about sex about sexting about the use of social media about masturbation about porn we need to have these conversations but what you've just brought up there I think is a is a can of worms and it could do with some unpacking. When we talk about, because it is when, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not if, it, it must be when we talk with our young people about those things. What is and isn't the appropriate way to do that? What platform is and isn't the appropriate platform to use to do that? And what are and are not the appropriate spaces to do that? Because I think you've peeled back something really interesting there. So, so talk to us a little bit more about it, if that's okay. Yeah, great.
2: So uh, let's just say, for example, um, you do want to chat to some teenagers about some of the deeper issues in life. Like um, for, for starters, um, I'm just always aware of who's in the room. And like some stuff needs to be one-on-one, but there's also something about a group. And what i realized is within any teenagers, there's always a leader of the teenage group. and um, And actually knowing where they're at like if your biggest influencer is someone who is far from God and, you know, doing all this kind of stuff, um, I would approach that completely differently if the biggest influencer is like full on for Jesus and like knows all this stuff. Because if I can um, create a conversation with with a group of lads and the under 18-year-old, let's just say 16, 17-year-old young influencer has actually made the decision, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that because, and it's not me telling, it's actually this person sharing their experience, that for me... Um, is what actually just like changes the game for a lot of the young people because they're ultimately they're looking to him as a role model even more than they're looking to me and so um, I spend a lot of time just working with some of the key influencers, the 16 17 year olds, we call them young guns and uh, and even with them, so we're helping them along their journey and they've actually like, they're just, they obviously still struggle with issues like everybody but they've actually made a decision, they want to live the way Christ has called them to live and they don't want to do this and they don't want to do that and getting them to kind of um, be the, the ambassadors uh, and who kind of like lead the conversation in terms of just opening it up is actually like changed the game for us, which sounds ridiculous ridiculous but sometimes we don't allow the 17 year olds to uh to speak about this stuff because we think oh they're struggling so much they wouldn't have a clue but what i'm realizing is that actually maturity doesn't actually have anything to do with age it has actually has everything to do with obedience and I, what we're seeing now is just this this stream of young people who who are 16 17 but are just mature Christ like they, they, they love the Bible and they, they, they love like leading people and it's ridiculous um, like they can literally be mini pastors which is cool
1: okay so group contexts I guess pretty much nothing is off limits in terms of what you would talk about one-on-one it maybe becomes a little bit more tricky I don't know Charlie, if you've been, had like uh, younger girls that you've been mentoring Relationships, sex stuff has has come up. In what context would you talk to them? What would you talk to them about? Is there anything that you wouldn't talk to them about in a one-on-one space? Uh, and what would, would you do? Would you meet someone like privately in an office, or would you always use a public space like a cafe? H- how would how would you advise our youth leaders listening to do that kind of one-to-one mentoring, particularly when it comes to talking about? sex and relationships?
3: Yeah, I mean, you definitely want the young person to feel safe. And so if you're going to be talking about these deep conversations, you know, we say to our leaders, no corridor conversations, because if someone stops you in the middle of the corridor and wants to talk about something very deep, you know, whatever it is, sex, etc., I'm going to say, I'm going to stop them and say, hey, let's not have the conversation in the corridor where people are going to be coming and going. I want you to feel safe and comfortable talking about it. Obviously you've got different situations, you know, if it was a child protection issue then I'm gonna look at it completely different. But if the person's wanna talking about a relationship with me, then um, I'm gonna want that person to do it when they feel comfortable and safe, etc. and stuff. Um, and then I'm gonna try and apply as much wisdom I can. Um, whilst obviously if there was something that I don't feel like I can offer wisdom in, I'd get another person to come and maybe have the conversation. Maybe like we've got, haven't we, in our church? We've got, um, like a pastoral care team. Like obviously we're all called. pastor and care for them but like a specialist team and so for example they're really good at dealing like they've been had a lot more training for example than some of the leaders on mental health let's just say Mm -hmm. so if I'm meeting with a girl and I feel like she's actually going to get more out of one of our other leaders that's more Mm -hmm. effective then I'm going to say hey listen everything you've talked to me about how would you feel about me in this because I know she's got so much wisdom in this area etc and stuff and so again it comes back to the individual what are their needs what's going to be the best for them and then um, going from there, really. Yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah, I really like that. Um, Charlie, we'll start with you. You might guys might say the same thing. but um, And then, Dan, if you can answer after this. How do we keep young people on a path of purity? I mean, d- sex is everywhere. Porn mm-hmm. is so easy. I was talking to one of the guys uh, um, uh, earlier today, and, and he was just talking about his, his eight-year-old nephew. Uh, went to go look at uh, Mr. Bean, I don't know, some show that's famous here in the U.K., you guys like? <laughs> and and something about he jumped in the pool and all his clothes came off or something. And so he went, this eight-year-old kid went and typed into Google on his iPad or his I f- iPod or something. Um, you, know, Mr. Being Naked or something like that and all this stuff came up and then he, he couldn't help himself. Even being eight years old, kept looking at all the different pictures of these these naked people and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And and then the older they get, you know, hormones and everything, I mean, you guys know. People listen to me, if you don't know this, I don't know where you've been hiding. You know, sex is everywhere. Um, how do we keep this generation that it's all technology and it's easy access to it, you know? How do we keep them uh, on a path of purity?
3: Yeah, I think it's first that we don't shy away from the... T- topic and we Mm. talk about the topic I think that's really important and obviously we do live in a very sexualized world but it's contextualizing that for the young people as well and um, you know I do a lot of work within my job for example because you obviously do have a lot with even you know when it comes to trafficking and slavery you've got to remember one of the I don't know recruitment methods is grooming so this affects a lot of young people today you've got lover boy schemes you know young people getting recruited and groomed and in false relationships and that sort of stuff so e-safety for example today is really important to young people can they protect themselves online uh, they, do they know what a fake profile looks like and that sort of stuff yeah. and so it's being aware of the times that we're living in yeah. what they've got access to, and then talking about that in a way that they understand. So e-safety is so important, isn't it? Uh, mm. Talking about the dangers of social media when it comes to relationships is so, so important. And then I think it's just act, um, adding like context and clarity behind everything. So when you talk about keeping them pure, it's talking in a way that they understand the why yeah. behind mm-hmm. that. Right. And I think that's, that's good. It's I'm not ever going to sit there going, don't do this, don't look at this, don't click on this. Yeah. B- if you just say don't, they'll be more to curious. The what, <laughs> and, and they're going to say go and why, yeah, and yeah. exactly yeah, that yeah. you're going to create more curiosity. So it's always explaining the why behind the what. How does this benefit you? Um, coming with their best interests at heart, all the time. And you know, sex is a you know they're seeing it everywhere. Um, you know, everywhere you look. You know, so they they if we don't we are not the ones that are telling them the why behind you know s- saving yourself until you're married or whatever all they see is yeah great and you know movies show it in loving relationships sometimes and it's explaining the why behind something you know for example you wouldn't go you know if you went to a football match and there was no referee there was no goalposts there's no sidelines it'd be a pretty boring match wouldn't you mm. there's this there's, <laughs> mm. there's all those things and there's there's parameters to make the football game what it is and it's exactly the same for example with sex there's parameters there so that we can enjoy it and it can be the best that it's meant to be but if you don't explain that to the young people then they're not going to understand so
1: and that's particularly relevant with pornography as well isn't it like actually if we can help our young people to understand what the ways in which pornography is damaging them um and there are many, and it's easily accessible information to find out. If you if you don't know, check out Romance Academy. They've got some great stuff on this. What 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 pornography does to our brains, what it does to our relationships, what it does to the way we we see one another, and the expectations it creates of one another. If we if we can envision this to our young people as why it's damaging you, but then of course the other side of that coin is. Why doing it the Jesus way is the better way? And actually, it's not just that, like you're saying, it's not just that Jesus says no, it's that Jesus invites us to participate in a better story for our relationships, doesn't he? And why is it that doing it the Jesus way is better? What, what will that bring out in us? What would it look like if our relationships weren't selfish but selfless? What if they were life-giving and love-giving rather than about what we take and and get from it and envisioning our young people about the why what is the why that's what you're saying isn't it and that's so important in these conversations and then it's offering
3: the help with it and the support and the there is no point in saying don't do this um and this is why you shouldn't do it because for a lot of young people they are and then it's offering that support and that um that help and having the conversation well um you know this is what's next and you know, this is how it can turn around and this yeah. sort of stuff. And so I think it's not just a dead conversation as well. Like right. if you're having that in a group setting, uh, you know, nine times out of ten there's going to be young people in the room that are struggling with that so it's not a closed conversation that you end there it's a okay this is the follow up conversation that we're going to have in order to help you not look at porn if you are and stuff like that
2: Hmm. Dan anything else to add? Yeah I just think that fear of rejection fear of failure are two fears that just plague our generation and the reason sometimes young people don't open up to us about what they're doing or what they're going through is because they fear getting rejected they fear failing us and even as leaders like they know You know they know what like we like our expectation, and they know what we think is a good Christian and all this kind of stuff, and so they can easily live this double life, like Batman. You know, one thing during Mm. the day, something completely different by night. And I just think if we create this place of vulnerability, and it's not like as leaders you like confess your deepest (laughs) sins or anything like that, but you just create a space where it's okay. You know, and the moment that they, I'll tell you the truth about what they're facing and stuff. We just make sure like we're not leaders who are shocked we're not leaders who are like you know judgmental and like we just we just help them where they're at and we just we see again you just see each individual is different because you might have one young pa- person who's like you know he's a he's a porn addict he's been addicted for years you might have someone else and they just went on their instagram explore page and then it just le- led to one thing and he feels so much gu- guilt guilt but this guy doesn't uh, because they're just they're on different levels and it but if we just keep creating a space where these guys can be honest and it's not this whole feeling Guilt and condemnation, I think it will change a whole generation.
0: Yeah, um, listen, I wanna ask a question. And now this is uh, a, a quite a big one, and we could maybe, in this room, and I think across the board, we, we, we would, people could differ on uh, you know, theology on this thing. But I think it's important, because we're talking about, I think as Charlie, you said, we shouldn't shy away from talking about these things with, with young people. And I think uh, amongst youth leaders, youth workers, we shouldn't shy away from talking to this, about this I'm about to bring up now. Um, homosexuality Those conversations how do, how do you go
2: about it? I mean what they're always asking is Does homosexuality exclude me From relationship with Jesus? If I'm, a, if I'm a homosexuality And they're, they're just trying to make everything black and white Um, but Jesus was never black and white like he literally welcomed everybody and he just says come and follow me and he just pointed everyone to himself and even when they did try and ask Jesus a controversial question he would just answer it randomly with some other story about something else which still like alluded to the truth but it was just the way he did this whole conversation thing that you just been speaking about was absolutely crazy he did it on a whole nother level and so if young people are asking hey my friend is gay and when they're saying my friend is gay because I'm sure a lot of them are teenagers you know you know, they're probably still like just working everything out, you know, they you know, they've got sexual tendencies, or maybe they're convinced they're gay, whatever, but, you know, you know, some people have a, a gay experience at a very young age, and because that gay experience felt good, like any sexual experience, automatically they think, oh, it felt good, I'm gay, but actually, no, you just had a gay experience, doesn't actually mean that you're gay for your whole life, and very quickly, we like to allow this word gay or straight to identify us, and all this kind of stuff, but, but in your teenage years, there's hormones flying everywhere and you're working out everything. And so I, I always feel with young people, I want them to walk out of this youth ministry knowing that their friends who are gay, by straight are welcome to this youth ministry, no matter what they're facing, no matter what stage. And so the last thing I want them to do is go away thinking, oh no, if you're gay, that's it, you can't come to church. And I feel like at the moment, the church, the stereotype is that you can't come to church if you are gay. Now for us, as leaders, we do not put any leader. We have lots of gay people in our church, but in places of leadership, um, you know, we have to. They leaders have to abide to the biblical principle, which is, you know, they are not gay and practicing. So they might be gay, but they've made a decision to be celibate and not actually give way to that desire, right? So, so for us, that means that we've got loads of space for people to come and be part of church who are gay, and they can work it out in the journey. So literally. I feel like we're in, a, we're in a season where everyone's trying to work out, are you in, are you out, make it black and white. But I think for us, for me anyway, that this whole season has just got to be welcoming everybody in, making sure they know that his grace is sufficient, pointing everyone to Jesus. And when they point to Jesus, they'll work out a lot of stuff. But, um, you know, I don't want to be known for pointing the finger. I want to be known for open arms.
1: Th- there's something for me here about discipleship and the cost of following Jesus. So Jesus said, in fact, his most commonly repeated phrase in the Gospels, is whoever wants to follow me must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And for every single one of us, gay, straight, bi, single, married, we are all called to discipleship with our sexuality. We are all called to be coming into the likeness of Christ with our sexuality. And that is a common theme, no matter. If you would call yourself bi or call yourself straight or, c- or call yourself gay, it's, it's true for the straight person in our youth group, it's true for the gay person in our youth group, it's true for the bi person in our youth group. We're all called to sacrifice to, in some way, and it will look different for different people, deny ourselves, and we're all called to discipleship with our sexuality. So I think there is a way that we that we don't have to separate that out and make people feel... Um, whether they're straight or bi or gay or whatever we we don't make them feel like they're different like we're pointing the finger because what's true of the straight person what's true of of me is is true of the gay person that we are are all called to give something up all of us all of us are all called to give something up when it comes to discipleship we're all called to sacrifice always has been and always will be part of following Jesus and it has to be part of the conversation when it comes to discipleship and, and sexuality um But let me just ask you one more question, if that's okay, because I think this is, again, it's just a big one when it comes to this, and that is the whole area of social media and sexuality, Um, particularly sexting, sending nudes, like, I don't know if you've seen this week, there's been this big thing going around social media about a store that has had a big neon sign in its changing room saying, send me nudes, and there's been this big thing going on, rightly, you know, trying to get them to take it down. but it's just so, it's so commonplace, isn't it, in youth culture that, you know, sending of nudes over Snapchat or whatever, it's just, it, it's almost like our young people don't even give it second a second thought, it's just so common, uh, it's just so regular to, to do that, send a topless picture or whatever it is, how do we begin to engage in that conversation, um, because It can become, as you've already alluded to, Charlie, a child protection issue. We could end up with young people on the sex offenders list if they start saving it and sharing it. Um, it, It's a minefield, isn't it? That whole thing with social media and sexuality. So how do you go about kind of discipling and pastoring young people in the area of social media when it comes to sexuality and relationships
2: yeah great so uh, I mean the first thing I normally teach on is just worth and value because I often find that when we do just send pictures of our bodies like that to anybody uh, it's actually craving some affirmation and attention and they're doing it because they actually don't see the self-worth Uh, Where actually, if you see yourself, like I mean, let's just say Gareth Bale, you know, footballer, um, that he knows he's worth 86 million because that's the price that was paid for him to go to his club. You know, where if we can help these young people understand their worth in Christ, you know, that's why Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth, died on the cross, that ultimate sacrifice paid the price, so they are of ultimate value, of ultimate worth to God. And if they can see themselves as how valuable they are, they they value who they are, and therefore they don't crave this affirmation, attention of of people. But then practically what would you do, babe, practically?
3: Yeah, I think this is, again, where you're talking about the dangers of social media and it's a conversation that you're having. I mean, the reality is, is these young people, they don't know that once they send that, that's available and around for potentially ever. You know, what what you send, you can't take back. And I think, again, it's not just, when I say what you send, you can't take back. When you send those pictures, you're actually giving a part of yourself Mm. and it's like you know sticky tape isn't it after you stick it on lots of different things it starts to lose its stickiness and every time you send something out whether that's a topless picture of yourself or you know you're giving something of yourself and you're effectively losing that from yourself and I think that goes back to what Dan was saying it's helping these young people find their worth and their value and realising that you don't You know, you don't have to do that. I think that's a really important thing as well. There's so much peer pressure out there. They think that's the way to get people to like them and that's how this guy is going to date them if they send that. But letting them know that they have a choice (laughs) and a decision and they don't have to do that. And then it's obviously educating them that, hey, when you do that, you're losing a part of yourself and you're giving something to someone and you don't know what they're going to do with that. But they don't know that. They don't know about the dark web Young yeah. people don't know about that. I go into schools all the time. They don't realize there's actually a dark internet, a dark web where this stuff is stored and people can access it. And if young people aren't educated on that, then, you know, they think, oh, just send a quick topless photo. What's the harm in that? There's yeah. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of harm in that. Yeah. And so it's making them aware of that and also reali- making them know that they don't have to do that. Yeah. And just yeah. because they're being told to do that, yeah. <laughs> they really don't have to do that. And, uh yeah.
1: I love that, so it's, you know, it's partly making them aware of the, the dangers, but I love the idea of actually, maybe the conversation about sexting is more a conversation about identity, because the reason we do it is, is the search for, for affirmation mm-hmm. and approval, and if we can get to the root of that, which is understand who you are in God, mm-hmm. understand who he's made you to be, understand your value, understand you don't need that informa- uh, affirmation to be loved. Maybe if we can deal with that at the root, um, then we'll see them doing it less because they don't crave the the like. They don't crave the affirmation uh, as much. Guys, so good. It's been so amazing to have you guys on the podcast these last two months. Thank you so much Thank for you. your time and for being here. Uh, we love you guys. We're praying for you. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.